Good afternoon, beautiful people. Happy Saturday. It's another wonderful day in the neighborhood. And part of that is because you are in the Bad Thought Therapy family. I am so happy that you're in the family. I hope you are well. Peace and abundant blessings to you and yours. I am going to put a listener discretionary advisory on this because I am going to be talking about a very sensitive topic and that is mental illness and murder and I decided to call this one men mental illness and murder how do we stop the madness and if you notice the m sound is at the beginning of four words and that is alliteration I'm English teacher (laughs) and sometimes I will use alliteration But the topic that I'm going to talk about is no laughing matter. And I I decided to try to deal with this topic sort of using a Socratic method where I just basically ask questions because I'm going to be honest with you. There are many, 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 many things I don't understand. Millions of things that I don't understand about men, mental illness and murder. It keeps happening. It keeps happening. And by the way, I just saw something in the news that said we have had our 145th mass murder this year. Ladies and gentlemen, it is April the 29th. We're only in the fourth month. And already there have been 145 mass shootings where four or more people have been killed in one setting. I... Well, I decided to do this particular episode because there was a report that the parents of the killer in um, Kentucky uh, did an interview. And it made me ask some questions as I read the article. The first article I read was with the AP Associated Press. And so after reading the article, it wasn't that long. I just had a lot of questions. And so I'm going to post these questions And if you think you know some of the answers, I would like for you to share. I think the way that Spotify is doing it now, that questions automatically go with the episode. But um, please, please, please help us to get the answers to some of these questions. Again, this is a listener um, discretion advisor. I'm going to put explicit on this, although I'm not using any profanity or anything like that. But I will put a little tag on it just because this is about a very serious issue. Um, When I do these episodes, I want it to be clear that I'm not trying to talk about people. Because if you know me, you know me well, I'm not able to separate myself from what happens to other people. So in other words, when I see something happening to somebody else, it's not that I don't think it can happen to me. It's not that I don't think I could do it. It's, um, I'm talking about the principles and the lessons so that we can grow and learn and get solutions and solve problems. Um, you know, it's, it's like if you take your car to a mechanic, he needs to diagnose and, and look at your car and, and before he can tell you what's wrong with it. We need to look at some of these problems. And so I want to talk about the problems so that we can maybe come up with some solutions because Innocent people are being killed. And my heart goes out to the family of the victims. Um, There was another mass shooting recently in the last two days. 
in Texas. And it was a situation where, according to the news report, and I don't try to dive too deep in these because I want my blood pressure to be normalized now. But this one was a situation where in this neighborhood, people apparently shot their guns as a way to unwind. Okay, so we're going to talk about men, mental illness, and murder. And one family was trying to get sleep. The shooting was going on pretty late in the night. And I, I don't know, the, the way I read it was that somebody from one family asked this guy to stop shooting because they were trying to get rest. And he went to this family's home, you guys, and he shot five people. He shot and killed five people because he got upset that they asked him to stop shooting his gun, which was disturbing the peace. And this is a man. Um, They're not from here. They're originally from, I think, Honduras. So it shows you that this is not a racial thing. You know, it's, it's everybody. And mind you, this happened in Texas. This is over 145 mass shootings. So let's get to it. Why does it happen? Well, first of all, I took a few notes for this one. Not deep. Um, and I'm going to be honest. You all know I'm not a clinician. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I am a humanitarian. I care about humans. And I, um, and I explore these ideas because inside of me is a social scientist. And I have been a teacher for 32 years. And I can tell you, because I work with children, I can see almost certain patterns of behavior that lead to certain outcomes. And I could write a book. You know, I, Piaget had a few students and used his child as a as his, as his student, as his study, but I can tell you with thousands and thousands of students that have come in my classroom, I can tell you how this stuff happens. But I won't get into that right now. I'm just going to be Socrates, and I'm going to ask some questions. So first of all, but though, let's look at some of the reasons, and there are more. You can research this yourself. One of these days, God willing, I will become a professional podcaster, and I will have time to do research and do presentations. I want to get like that because I really want to offer these solutions That's what bad thought therapy is all about. So what are some reasons for mental illness? Because something is wrong if you feel the need. I know life is hard. Let me back up. Let me just say this. I understand how hard life can be because my life ain't been no crystal stair. Let me just say that. So I understand how hard life can be. And I understand when you don't have, um, when you might feel like your back is against the wall and you just feel like you're stuck in a hard place. And I know what that can do to your emotions. And everybody doesn't have faith. Some people, their God is their feelings. My God, I have a God, I have faith in my God. I'm gonna say that again. Some people have faith in their God and some people's God is their feelings, so their faith is in their feelings. Everything is about what they feel. And so they make decisions solely based on their own feelings. Um, and so just, just put that out there. But now let's talk about mental illness for a second, why it happens. I have shared with my on this podcast so many times about the book I read by the psychiatrist, Dr. Bruce Perry. And I recommend every, I don't know Dr. Perry, so don't think I'm just putting the book. I don't get any money from this. But I recommend everybody getting that book, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog. Dr. Bruce D. Perry is a psychiatrist. He went to med school. He studied the brain. 
And, and I will say this, he's a maverick in his profession because based on his book, some of the formal training that he was having, he deviated from that in order to create new therapies or different therapies to help people heal. And the beautiful thing about the book is it reveals to us the hope that you can heal. And this is what led me, after reading the book, it led me to not postpone doing this podcast. And I'm with prayer, I'm going to try to interview Dr. Perry this summer. I'm going to figure out how to get in contact with him and interview him. Um, and I'm a little nobody in the world of podcasting, but who knows? I'm just that bold, y'all. That's just how much faith I have in my God. So, But I want to talk about why mental illness exists based on my little research. And the first thing is, Dr. Perry talks about this, is trauma. The human brain literally changes as a result of trauma. When you go through very painful experiences, especially those that you feel, you know, you can't control. Some things we're doing and we're, you know, we're creating these situations for ourselves, but um, there is trauma will change the human brain. That's one reason that people have mental health issues and they're, they, they, that's the cause. And so you can, you know, that's just one thing. Another thing is, and this is real big, is alcohol and drugs. There are people who are drinking alcohol and they don't understand it. And more studies are gradually coming out about the brain and alcohol and how, the, how alcohol affects the brain. But you gotta understand the country that we live in and, and, the, and, and the world that we live in, there is no moral compass anymore. So there's not anything saying, look, we need to tell, warn people that if you engage in drinking in this, this stuff, that it can alter your brain. And if you, you know, alcohol is a multi-trillion dollar corporate, when you add up all the companies, it's a multi-trillion dollar business. So who's going to start saying that, hey, you know, even though people are really literally dying from alcoholism, and I've seen, you know, alcohol, the, the other side of alcohol up close and personal. And I'm here to tell you, it's nothing to play with. And I'm not, um, uh, you know, people have an occasional drink every now and then. I might have a drink. I, I don't drink a lot. I rarely drink. But if I want to have me a little something, something I'm, I'm not an abuser, but I understand how easy that can happen. So if you have that personality type where you know you just can't drink one cup, one glass, excuse me, be careful. Be real careful because alcohol, not only uh, it has a physiological thing, but it also affects the brain. So just keep that in mind. Genetics, they are saying that uh, mental illness is caused by genetics. And I want to go back to drugs because what's interesting is, you know, you have different kinds of drugs. You have the drugs that are prescribed by the doctors. And I need y'all to know that some of these drugs, read the fine print and read the side effects. Some of these drugs can cause mental illness. They can cause anxiety. They can cause depression. So you need to know that. And if you have a medical condition, God, please, God, I got to, you know, prayer. Because then if you're taking something, you're trying to stop one problem, but the drug has a side effect that creates another problem. I mean, my goodness, Lord, please have mercy on us. So that's an issue. Um... Lack of life skills is another issue for mental illness. Some mental illness is about people just not knowing how to navigate through tough times. And that could be, a, I mean, if that's a mental illness, maybe that, you know, that could be have a label. I don't know what it is. But there are some people that just, for whatever the reason, have had a hard time just functioning in, a, in, in society. 
and they have different anxieties or different issues, social skills, um, life, not having life skills, and that can create more mental illness. And I've seen people where they've gone through um, some setbacks and, you know, just maybe like they get fired from a job or they, um, you know, they got a divorce or they had some other life thing happened and they just weren't able to kind of navigate through their sadness. You got to understand that the word sadness and depression, they're synonyms. Depression only becomes becomes clinical when it is not managed because all human beings experience certain emotions. So sadness is an emotion. When it becomes a problem is when you're not managing your sadness, like anxiety is an emotion but if you're if it's just you know we're supposed to have some anxiety it's when it's not manageable and it's gotten out of control that it becomes clinical so just be mindful of that and here's the last reason why people um have what causes mental illness is spiritual stuff spiritual warfare just got to put it out there nobody wants to talk about it and i know it's hard but that is a reason so we've talked about these five main reasons and you can do your research if you want to get real, dive real, real deep into this. You want to be a scuba diver in this. But the five main reasons, trauma is real significant. And it can be trauma, you know, physical trauma too. I mentioned, you know, some people have these really bad experiences, but you could have an injury from, you know, in a car accident that can create some problems with the brain and chemical imbalances and things like that. Drugs and alcohol. That is a huge contributor to problems. Genetics is another factor that, according to science, it is a factor of lack of life skills and pure evil. Um, and that's really not mental illness, but there's that is when you are, you know, y'all don't understand this, but the warfare is real. I'm trying to be careful about how I say this because um, I know some people just kind of just miss the spiritual part as being, you know, insignificant or they trivialize it. No, the devil is real. Just like God is real. And let me tell you, if you don't know that when that attack and what's happened to you, then you can find yourself hurting yourself and others. And so that has to be addressed. I mentioned in, I think it was my last episode or one other episode recently, that I was shocked because my pastor revealed when he was a teen, he was a young teen, 13, I think he said he was 13 years old, out of nowhere, he felt like he started having suicidal thoughts, like something was telling him to kill himself. And he, he when he was taken aback, like, where's this thought coming from? Because he didn't grow up in an abusive home, he didn't have right, good parents, he had money, like all these, no, there was no risk factors, what we might say was an at-risk situation. And what he realized it was spiritual. And he said something so deep. He said the enemy was not trying to destroy a 13-year-old boy. The enemy was trying to destroy his future. Because he is a mighty force in the kingdom of God. And so that spiritual warfare, you guys, is real. You can dismiss, dismiss it all you want. And you might not believe in the devil, but I'm going to tell you something. The devil believes in you. And you better learn how to put on your weapons, your spiritual weapons and and protection and 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 so you'll know how to protect yourself and your family because this stuff is real so that's why so here are some questions um mental men mental illness and murder how do we stop the madness 
Um, I want to know what you tell your children. So I'm, I printed out part of the article that I found from the Associated Press, and it says that the young man in Kentucky, his mother, um, she got a call from her son six, day, six days before the shooting, and he told her that he had a panic attack and he was forced to leave work, and he thought he should take some time off for a while. So what do you say to your child then? This is a question. Like, do you say, well, honey, whatever you do, make sure you don't hurt anybody else, you know, and you're going to get better. Like, what do you say? Because I don't, I didn't see the interview. Apparently this interview was done, um, you know, where it's, you can go watch the video. And I now they don't do real journalism anymore, so I don't, I don't even want to watch it. But I wanted to know what she told him when he said that to her. What do we say to a person who's in crisis? Because according to this article, his mental health issues started a year earlier where he started having panic attacks, anxiety, and a suicide attempt. Why would someone, and this, these are questions again, who apparently from all people that knew this story, he had, he had a good family, he had a good home, he was educated, he was healthy, like nothing was, you know, nothing major was going on. Why would a person start having panic attacks? Why would a person start wanting to kill himself when he has all of these things that some people die every day trying to have, trying to get over here on a, on a boat and cross oceans to have the life that he has? What is it that went on? And that's another thing is, that people don't understand. People have secret struggles. I'm going to add that to my list because I might do a part two of this. Some people have secret struggles. Was that it? You'd be amazed at the people who could be going through something inside and they're not telling you or something happened to them and they've never told anybody because you know how the enemy, what the enemy does is he puts shame on you. You got to put shame on him. You got to get shame off you and put it back on him. So we don't, I don't know if that's it. I'm asking the question because I'm trying to figure this out. Another thing is, and I just type, remember this is called Men, Mental Health, and Murder. Um, he killed five people. So the question that I have, and this is interesting, like in all the mass murder cases, some of them take their life right then, but many of them don't. So why is it that murder is selective? Now, another thing that happened in this article, in this article his roommate, the, the murderer's roommate, called her, the mother, and said, he said by phone that he's going to the bank to kill some people. Now, I don't know if the roommate then called, immediately called 911 and said, hey, look, my roommate said he's getting ready to kill some people at the bank. And I don't know if the roommate immediately called 911, but the mother said she immediately called 911, and apparently her son had already got to the bank at that, gotten to the bank at that time. So the question is, why is mental illness selective? You went to the bank and killed five people. And again, I don't know, I don't know anything about this, but I want to know why it's selective. They go and kill other people. Now he tried, he didn't kill himself. The police killed him. But he went to the bank. He didn't kill his roommate. He didn't kill his parents. Why kill those five people? Why is it that mental illness is selective? You go out and you kill other people. 
and what causes that kind of mental illness, that selective mental illness. Another thing that I have that I want, and I want to know, when you're raising a child, and even though people come from quote-unquote good families, I really want to know what do you tell your children about humanity and the respect for life? And do you have to tell them this directly? You, you can make no assumption, but you have to be direct. Look, whatever you do in this life, you can do anything, but do not take another person's life. Do you say that? And then even if you say that, and the people who are killing, I guess what I'm asking the question is, were they told this? You know, you think that we, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but I talk, you remember now, I talked for 32 years, I'm still a teacher. There are some children who never get taught right from wrong. We think, some people believe that you're supposed to automatically, some kind of way, spontaneously know right from wrong. No, many people don't. So do we need to do more with teaching young people as they're growing up that never, ever, 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 ever try to hurt another human being unless it is self-defense, unless your life is being threatened, somebody's got a gun pointed to you or a knife pointed to you or trying to get you, then you, you try to take them out. Is that what we need to teach children? Because in this, she, the parents, first of all, and this is another question, should the parents be doing interviews? Some five people were killed. There are still people in the hospital in critical condition. Their son shot an officer of the law. Somebody that was trying to protect the victims. The video, I saw that video, that was powerful. These officers, you guys, I can get emotional. They were going towards the shooting. They were getting, they were trying to stop this guy, and they went on in there, and one of them got shot. They were down, and one officer shot him. I don't know how he did it because he had a good distance. He, his partner was shot. He had to retreat, and he went and he shot that guy. He, he took him out because he would have killed more people. We're talking about, okay, so you guys, should you be doing interviews? You know, should you try to bring up his mental illness? Because I'm going to tell you something. Mental illness or not, as a me, as a parent, it would not matter. Because I know mentally ill people that are not trying to kill anybody. So I don't know if they should be doing interviews. I'm just asking the question because, again, we're doing a Socratic seminar here. That's what I want to know. Why bring up the mental illness? Why is mental illness selective? What do you say to your child when you see them start to break down and they were saying, the, the parents were saying, well, they were, there was no sign that he would have done something this shocking because apparently during Easter, he was helping people with Easter egg hunts. So how do you just get like this suddenly? Then here's what got me. This is what really got me. In the article, he was taking medication and he was seeing a psychiatrist. What are you all telling people? This keeps happening where people are, are getting help from psychiatrists and medical uh, people, and they're still murdering. So therefore, something is not working. Something that is being said is not effective. The medication is not effective. 
because apparently he was taking the medication and he was going to the doctor and it, he still went to a bank and he didn't have to do this. He did not have to come to a bank. The parents brought up the fact that he should not have been able to buy this gun. And my thing is, and I'm not anti-gun because I believe that if you if you if somebody comes on your property or somebody tries to hurt you and you have a gun, you should use it. You should try to protect yourself. I don't believe you should walk around with guns, you know, and, and then I, I think if you kind of walk up, you know, live by the gun, you die by the gun, you're gonna have gun issues. But my thing is that that's not that's not the reason why these people are dead because he was able to get a gun. So we got to talk about this too. What makes people hurt others and kill others, murder other people because they're having mental illness? If you know the answer to that, I need you to answer in the question. I don't know how this works, but I think, like I said, they have some kind of questionnaire. If you know the answers or you got some ideas, please add this to the response to these questions because I don't know the answer should the parents be doing interviews people are people are grieving and you're talking about your son's mental illness and I'm gonna be honest with you I know a lot of people don't care about their son's mental illness and I know a lot of people are going to blame them and when you do the interviews I wonder if you're doing it because you don't you feel maybe like it, it won't be as much blame placed on you because you're talking about his mental illness. And I'm not blaming the parents because I, you know, I'm a mother and I know when people get grown, the boy was 25 years old. But I, you know, again, I'm asking questions. What do you tell a person when your child is starting to get, because a lot of people have anxiety and they start having panic attacks, but what created that? How do you get people to talk about traumatic events in their lives that could lead to this? Because I would be very curious to know he seemed like a normal guy, and then all of a sudden, he started having panic attacks, and he started having anxiety issues. What brought that on? What made that happen? Did something happen to him, and he might not have been able to talk about it? Or did he do something? And again, he might feel inside there may be this really uh, big conflict, like what, what happened? We have to start being able to have another thing, safe places for people to talk about what has happened to them. I have had a few traumatic events in my life that I have never told anybody except my daughter. There was one incident that happened to me when I was maybe like around 19 or 20 years old. And at some point I told my daughter as a cautionary tale because I never wanted what happened to me to happen to her. But I have never told my family doesn't know about it. No one, my sister, nobody knows. Some, and I carried that. And, I, and I'm still, some, every now and then, I have to deal with that mentally. I have to deal with that psychologically. And so what I'm telling you, sometimes that's another reason why people are dealing with mental illness is because they have secret struggles. I don't know, I don't know this, this person. Again, I'm not trying to talk about anybody. Number one, I don't feel like we can talk about anybody, but I do have questions and I am trying to understand it because if we can find out what is causing men to have mental illness and murder people, 
then we can stop these mass murderers and we can have more peace in our world. If this is a situation where a person was just, you know, a normal person and then suddenly start having mental illness, I need all the mental health professionals to figure out how this is happening. Because if, we, if you don't, there's going to be a crisis and it's already one and it can only get worse until we find out why. So ladies and gentlemen, this is the episode. I am going to end it with this. Know what's causing it. If you suspect mental illness in anybody and you see the signs that they're going through something, remember to encourage them to get help but you got to get the right help. And I'm going to go so far as to say, please tell them whatever you do, you don't have to hurt anybody else. This has to stop, ladies and gentlemen. And it is going to stop. And join me in prayer for those who grieve and mourn. This has to be incredibly painful. Peace and blessings. I might do a part two. This is Cherie Hardy. God bless you. Have a nice night.